think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time, she got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise player. We in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of End of Regulation. Cannot express to you how excited I am to be here. We have a special guest in the studio tonight. Before we dive into that, we'll just do standard procedure and go ahead and introduce everybody that is in the stew tonight. First on the mic, hailing from Florida, Brent Jernigan, a.k.a. Shakes. How we doing, kid? Shaking, baby. What's up? How we doing? How's your stamp collection coming, <laughs> dude? <What's> shaking, <laughs> you have baby? no idea. I actually need to up upsize a little bit. Uh, I hope so. We'll keep on keeping, kid. Next on the mic, out in San Fran on the West Coast, couple hours behind, but still killing it. Harry Douglas, aka Barrel Chest. How we doing, kid? We're doing good, fellas. It's good to be back in the stew, ready to uh, you en- talk some shop. You end up selling your PT Cruiser. No, it's still on Craigslist. Nice. All right. Well, let me know. It, it, I might it make got an offer it got it, it got soup kitchen by uh <laughs> by the by the thousands of homeless people that live in this goddamn city. We we will have sex in your Prius. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, to wrap it up, right before we dive in tonight's special guest, coming to you live from Richmond, head of production, which is kind of a hit or miss these days. A two-time Plymouth Mass National Roller Derby champion, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing? Just letting it fly. I'm ready to go, dude. Let's just let's get into this. I don't want to talk about my roller derby days. Like, let's just go, please. All right, let's do it. Well, like I said, as always, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at End of Reg and at End of Regulation. You'll be able to follow us and make sure you see everyone that is amazing coming on board, as well as us giving away free money. So let's just go ahead and jump straight into it. We got Keith Hornsby on tonight. We really do appreciate it. Um, I think the best way to kind of, you know, introduce yourself would be for you to do it and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know that you're getting married this uh, upcoming weekend, so first and foremost, congratulations. Um, And want to hear a little bit more about kind of your upbringing and everything. So we'll let you introduce yourself. All right, well... Keith Hornsby, that's my name. I'm from Williamsburg, Virginia, and uh, man, you know, I'm still playing. I'm a basketball player, uh, played all my life, and you know, I, since everyone seems to be interested in it, I can't uh, do anything without the name following. Is my dad is a you know semi famous musician, you know, of the of the old oh, yeah. days, you know, so that that takes a lot of, you know, a lot of people most people our age don't really know his stuff, but uh that's something Grammy about winner, me. He he was, yeah, three time actually. Um yes, so sir. so yeah, uh I I'm living in Dallas now, you know, um uh, living in Virginia all my life until I went to UNC Asheville, my first stop in college and then to LSU as my Final and last, but now I'm in currently in Dallas, so that's how it is. Right on. Well, uh, we'll pick up right there. I mean, obviously, you've been uh, as a sort of elite 
basketball prospect, it's it's pretty common to to maybe bounce around starting in like high school a little bit. And so we'll start there. You obviously uh, started at a private school in I believe Hampton Roads, right? At a that's at an academy. Out there. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That's and then right. uh, obviously, like the big story is you ended up at Oak Hill, which is the obviously the very prestigious basketball school there in in uh, Virginia, with, who's put out products like uh, Mellow. Rondo, KD, oh, yeah. endless, plenty endless. of people. So uh, it's crazy, pretty, pretty awesome that you ended up there. Period. What was that like? Well, uh, I actually went to the Oak Hill camps when I was younger. Me and my brother, my twin brother, actually, um, Russell is his name. But we, so I, I knew what it was. Obviously, um, I knew throughout my kind of whole life that it was at this powerhouse. But I never actually envisioned myself playing there. Now, my sophomore year at Hampton Roads, I kind of blossomed. I started growing and uh, I, I got my first D1 offer from actually UNC Asheville. And, they, and the assistant coach that was coaching me there played and coached at Oak Hill. So he... Uh, oh, nice. So he... he but he suggested me to Steve Smith, who remembered me from the the camp, you know, when I was little. But, you know, I, I, had, I had to go up there for a tryout, basically. Um, and I, I did not know what to expect. We scrimmaged with their players, um, and I had just watched them on ESPN in the you know the the Rise National uh, tournament. So I was kind of starstruck to see these guys, some of these guys right. there, um, big recruits. I'd never played against them, you know, other than not yet at least. Uh, but man, I went up there and and just killed the trial. I don't know, honestly know what got into me. I probably played <laughs> much bigger than my caliber at the time. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Coach Smith, Steve Smith, he just he said, uh, you know, do you want to play two years for me? And that that was just like one of the best moments of my life. Like it was just, it was surreal. Like I got up some Oak Hill gear. Yeah, <laughs> after that's that, it right there, <laughs> um, that's it. yeah. So it was it was amazing. And then uh, you know, up until I went there, I actually. A lot, I got a lot of crap for, you know, once people find out I was going there, you know, they're like, oh, you know, his dad got him in there. You know, he's not good enough to go there. He's just, you right. know, so, you know, it's kind sort of, of the famous kids. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that I had to deal with a lot of that, but it kind of made me get a little chip on my shoulder just to kind of prove to them that I did belong. So it was, uh, but yeah, I still can't believe I actually played there. It's pretty crazy. Man, that's, uh, the chip on your shoulder actually sort of, perfect segue for my next question i'm actually from like the middle tennessee area and i've I've got a little story i saw you play one time when you were in high school um i was i went to like a little high school jamboree actually at tennessee state university there in nashville at like the the battle of the best right and uh you guys played i remember in warm-ups sort of seeing you warm up thinking you know i I think i might have known who you were at the time i just didn't know exactly what you brought to the table but you threw threw down a couple sick jams and warm-ups and then pretty much went went off in the game. So um, I didn't see a whole lot of you at UNC Asheville, but I'm actually like a Tennessee fan because of where I'm from. And then obviously you ended up at LS, LSU. So um, I've seen a lot of you. And, and I know there have been at times like uh, you were pretty pretty much one of the best three-point shooters on, your, on the Oak Hill team and then at LSU as well. But you're not really a three-point shooter, just like a spot-up shooter. You're actually a pretty athletic guard. What's what's sort of the like most prideful part of your game? Maybe defense. Do you like do you like cutting to the basket? Do you like shooting? Man, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, obviously my look. You know, people will forever stereotype me as just that the white guy. <laughs> oh, oh, he can shoot. You know, he is <laughs> he and he's just a shooter. So I. 
I, I, I really did. I worked really hard to kind of make sure I, I added, you know, a, a lot more. To, and I could, and I like kind of, one of the main reasons I did that was because I like the, the look on people's faces when they realize that, well, this guy can, it's fast. Get this guy can jump. All, you know, yeah, they yeah, just yeah, don't expect it. You, you lead the fast break a lot too. Now uh, even in the G League, you know, watching a lot of film, like I, I, I see you, I see you getting out <laughs> in transition and stuff, especially on, on through passes and stuff like you're you're a pretty athletic dude, so I just wanted to see. I, I like I like to get a few dunks. I, I hardly ever get dunks in traffic, I, especially at G League level. You know, those guys in there are just too good for me to go in there. And you know, I, I, I have a tiny wingspan too, and little hands. So like, I, I really have to get high to 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 you know to get up. But but yeah, you know, I, I will say that jumping kind of came a little bit natural to me. I'm very bow legged, so. It's kind of natural right, right, two right. foot springs. <laughs> not 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 to not to say I didn't you know work, but uh, the, the speed um, you know I, that just comes from playing a lot. And uh, but but that's something you know being able to drive, uh, make plays you know off the dribble, um, not being tight cast, not yeah. being a one dimensional shooter guy was big for me, um, and it helped me you know, be able to succeed at, you know, levels that most people wouldn't right. have thought originally, answer. I guess. I'll let some of you guys go at it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Keith, one thing I was interested in is, you know, you did your two years at UNC Ash- Asheville and uh, and then you made your move over to LSU. What was kind of the spark behind that transfer? Um, well, you know, I, I didn't originally plan. It is a long story, but I'm, I'm going to keep it as short as I can. Um, it I wasn't planning on leaving, you know, I didn't go there being, I figured I'd just spend my four years there, have a really good career there and then leave. But my, my head coach, Eddie Biedenbach, uh, who I love, he's a older guy. He resigned after my sophomore year. And then, you know, I, I still didn't plan on leaving, but then, uh, I had some great big games against Ohio state that year and mm-hmm. NC state. And they, they kind of, secretly reached out to me a little bit under the radar and and said, you know, hey, you know, we'll we'll take you, you know, if you want to go. So of course, I mean, no matter where, even if you're at a smaller D1, you know, every kid who loves basketball dreams of playing at like oh, a big fun. stage, like big college basketball. So, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, and I had seen, I, I had played against them, but you know, there's a lot about the UNC Asheville scene that I, I didn't really like. There's a lot obviously great about it, but you know, it, it's they just the school is kind of a hippie school, which is it's great, it's fun, but it's like right. they don't care about basketball. Right. You know, the Big South is kind of a high school gym league, as I say. You know, and it's uh, just uh, you know, I was I was sick of people ask where I play, and I'd say uh, uh, UNC Ash were like, oh, oh nice. is that, that's D two. So just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I respect that. <laughs> that. That's that's just a small a small reason. It's not like the main reason, but. Uh, you know, I, I thought I could play at that level and figured, well, I have a year to sit out as well um, to really get comfortable, and that'd be big for me, a year older. And uh, I had two years to play. It seemed I might as well roll the dice, right. so I ended up doing it. And it was it was tough, man. My old assistant got the head job at Asheville, Nick McDevitt, who's now at Middle Tennessee State. He said he just took that job. Oh, yeah, he's he's great. I love that guy. But I, it was heartbreaking having to go in and uh, – you know, oh. say I was leaving right after he got the job. That was probably the hardest meetings I've ever had to do. It was, it was, it was, it was rough. But uh, yeah. you know, something you had I had to do at the time. Yeah, no, that I can imagine that's a definitely a tough situation. But 
What about going? What about going to LSU? You know, I know you played in I think fifty two out of fifty three games your junior year and, and, and played well and, and averaged about thirty four minutes a game. What's it? What was it kind of like getting there? And, and I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's football down there. Everything's everything revolves around football. But one hundred. But what about yeah? Like what? Uh, you know, how was the basketball down there? Did you guys? You know, did you get to enjoy that kind of like big school style of, of basketball? <laughs> I will say after being there for three years, I got the most That's out awesome. of that experience. Yeah. Uh, my, now, my, my sit-out year was a, a blessing and a curse. It, it, it was great. Well, I, I guess, you know, it, it sucked not playing, obviously, but that I knew that was was going to happen going into it. But there's also some good, you know, time uh, where I couldn't travel during the season. So, you know, I'd, I'd just go out and, you know, I'd see all these, you know, ridiculous, you know, Southern girls, <laughs> I, which I was at Asheville. It was like de- definitely not known for the talent. You know, I, the first day I was on campus at LSU for like the legitimate school and not in summer was my mind was blown. Um, it was, I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I was so excited. And I was like, Man, I, I can tell by the look on your face that you're telling the truth. You know, like, you seem pretty excited about it even now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually met my, my future wife, you know, we met at oh, LSU and, um, and she, she was, yeah, she was a, a golden girl there, which is a, like the football che- and, uh, dancers and then became a, a tiger girl, which is basketball, more competitive dance. But I noticed her right <laughs> when I got there, but she, you know, she was definitely unattainable <laughs> for a while. It's it's a little, it's like, she looked twice at me. Yeah. yeah. Just a towel yeah, boy. Yeah, she's like, you don't even, you don't even play basketball here. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of that, like, when I'd go out and I'd say, hey, I play basketball. Like, oh, oh, you're a walk-on, huh? Yeah. You know, and I'd and, – and, and I, I couldn't get mad at him. I'm like, I'd probably think I was a walk-on too, you know, but a, a lot of – And uh, you also got to play a little bit with some guy named Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, I guess he's pretty good. What's uh, What was it like playing with him? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, he's very good. Ben, um, uh, you know, oh man, it was you know playing with him was good and bad. It it was good. Uh, there's a lot of good about it. You know, if you want to the chance to have the spotlight, you know, on your overall situation, you know, all, everyone was watching our games. You know, almost every game was on you know a big network. Um, you know, lots of scouts, and you know, every road game was you know sold out big you know arenas it was um it was good in that regard but at the same time you know as a as a competitive player that you work really hard to to have success you know it was like no matter what you did in this or another teammate like I I had my best game you know against Houston that year like 32 points but they didn't mention me in the highlights you know it's all about Ben all the time it's nothing he could do it but and that's kind of a, you know, I'm going to say that's that kind of hurt our team. I, I look past that. That Obviously, my instinct was like, well, I'd like right. to have some highlights. But, you know, our team is, this whole thing is of bigger course, than yeah. my my thing. Um, but he was an amazing passer, the best passer I've ever played against. Uh, but uh, I've ever played with, I mean. Um, uh, amazing court right. vision, as we've oh, seen yeah. now, everyone sees. You know, it's, it's <laughs> Is what he loves to do, uh, but it was you know every play call was to him. So you know as a senior, fifth year senior coming off a good year, there are times in the second half I'd hardly ever get the ball, and as a scorer that's always a little frustrating. Um, 
you know, but, and we were doing okay, you know, uh, so that that's, I guess, some of the bad is that it's almost like some of the guys who play with LeBron now, you know, you see them just kind of sitting and watching a lot of the on-court action while they're on the game, um, but Man, so what good an and bad. Yeah, so you talk, you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who you played <laughs> with, but going from Oak Hill to LSU and now the G League. Uh, who are some of kind of the biggest names or the toughest guys that you've played against in in your career thus far? Uh, my junior year at Oak Hill, nice. I played against Kyrie. That's going to get um, the ESPN game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he played for St. Patrick's in New Jersey, and we played them up in New Jersey, so it was just you know everyone was for them. Um, and uh, they had Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. Uh, they had. <laughs> they oh, yeah. had Derek Gordon, you know, the, the now the the first uh, openly uh, gay guy in college. He's uh, that was that was pretty cool uh, playing against such an amazing team. Um, but he, uh, yeah, I, I didn't play that much that year. It's kind of off and on. Um, so I had like six game, six minutes that game. But I remember he was just the man then too. Um, and we we beat them luckily, but uh, that that was then. And then, shoot. Uh, I mean, I played against almost everybody in, in college. You know, it's just even at Asheville, I played against uh, you know, Har- you know Harrison Barnes and uh, uh, I mean that Kentucky right. team at LSU was ridiculous. absolutely. I mean, you're basically playing against five or uh, ten the, you know NBA the, players right there. So that that my junior year, yeah, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, you know Trey Lyles, the Harrison cool. twins, Tyler Eulis, you know right. who hardly even played that much that year. You know Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, ba- basically just like uh, pick pick this <laughs> Kentucky player. It, that that year, yeah, it was like they they're a platoon year. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's really hard for me to. And now in the G League, obviously, you know you play against NBA guys almost every night, and you know uh, twelve to fifteen men on the on teams and guys they send down or guys who have been in the league who are just not at the time. So. It's one of the best things about the G League, actually. So I have um, a bit of a more basketball or related question here. Uh, obviously, my favorite rookie of the year has been Jason Tatum. I'm a big Celtic guy. I'm from the area. Obviously, everybody saw what Donovan Mitchell did with the Jazz, and obviously, your you know your boy Ben Simmons are the three rookie of the year candidates. What do, <laughs> what do you think about the whole rookie? as a second-year player, and who gets your vote this year? <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, of course, I'd have a natural bias to Ben, but, you know, I'll, I'll look at it I look at it openly. Um, you know, Ben didn't finish, obviously, in the best way uh, for most people where these, you know, obviously Jason Tatum has been, you know, broken out as a new star, and then obviously Donovan right. Mitchell as well. So, but to me, you got to look at it the full year. I mean, I'm not sure what Ben averaged, but it was – you know, uh, it, it's crazy what some some like sixteen. Uh, you, you probably have the stats. I don't, but a triple double threat every game is as a rookie is just insane. Um, uh, For sure. You know, I, it's tough, man. Hey, you, you can you it's can give tough. it to him if you want to give it to him. Just, just I mean, Jason Tatum him. was 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 great, but he obviously came came on superior late. Uh, Obviously, everyone thinks it's between Donovan. I, I'd get 
I'd probably give it to give it to Donovan Mitchell because he was truly, Insane. truly in the an underrated guy. You know, I know he was a first round pick, but nobody expected him remotely to do what he did. And then he just he just has exactly. it. He's just athletically, you know, superior. He's a game breaker, dude. He's he's he really is a game breaker. I mean, he's he's a franchise player in year one. It, yes, and it's funny how that goes. You just never know who's gonna um, shine and. You know, once he had his forty-one point game, as I mean, I just his confidence had to be unreal. Um, so I'd give it to him, and then of course there's the Ben isn't really a rookie, you know, that whole thing, um, <laughs> which you know it's neither here nor there to me. But so yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Donovan. But I love Ben. Hopefully he doesn't hear this. <laughs> well, hey, for, for our sake, hopefully yeah, he does. exactly. Yeah. I, I respectfully disagree. Well, um, obviously this is kind of a softball question, but we, we've got to ask it. We put it on there. Yeah, no problem. Braun or MJ? Who's the GOAT for you? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sorry, man. LeBron. Like, I've been Ooh, I, I, I've, right. I, I've been, I've been okay. MJ all the time, but what he's done recently in these past few years, I just think is transcendent. I just think nobody – Nobody has has carried a team like he has before against against unreal competition in the Warriors. I mean, it's a. Uh, I would agree with that statement specifically. No one has carried a team like he has. I, I know MJ's you know kind of a, a thing of the past. He's not in everyone's you know uh, immediate vision. Um, so I'm looking forward to this supposed Netflix thing coming out that really goes back into oh, yeah. exploring his. Uh, yeah, it's like a ten-hour. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna, you know, I can't wait to watch it. Obviously, it's gonna highlight everything he did good and not his bad. But uh, I don't I know, man. He... I just think LeBron is sensational. Fifteenth year doing what he's doing. I mean, eight, eight, forty-point games in this uh, playoffs. I mean, it's it's unreal. I mean, this this might be his most impressive year yet. No kidding. I think the key word is honestly transcendent. Like you said, this—I mean, our great-great-grandchildren are—we'll be talking about LeBron James, and yeah, MJ is amazing, and I'll probably go with him as a goat just because I'm a little bit of, a, a little bit of a Bron basher. But uh, hey, like you know, there, there's always people like you out there, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a place. <laughs> opinions are welcome. You know, it's that type of age. That's all good. Yeah, Gar- yes, Gardner, just a troll. Well, I don't know if you guys want to kind of roll on with some additional questions about kind of his career or stuff that's kind of gone on in his career or if you guys want to go off court and talk a little bit about non-related basketball stuff. Brent. Yeah, I mean, well, we might as well we might as well hear the main thing, which is uh, we'll, we'll get right into some, some non-basketball related stuff after this. But tell us about life in the G League, you know. Um, I suppose you've been in the G League now for two seasons. You're playing in Texas at the Dallas Mavs affiliate, uh, the Texas Legends. Um, just sort of what's it like, you know, as far as travel, how many games you play, how, how tough is it, you know, sort of being, you know, for lack of a better word, at, at the – at the minor league level, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the first uh, – I coming out of the Dallas Mavs training camp after I got cut, I, I did – I really had a, the wrong idea of what the G League would be like, for me at least. Um, my first year was really tough for me. Um, I was just behind. It was the first time in my life in the G League for young guys where I have to compete with guys of all ages. Like, uh, right. you know, so I, I played with – Ben Gordon that year, you know, 
uh, Dewan Blair, uh, Gary Neal, um, Tony Roden. Like we had we had a stacked team all year, and there it was just so tough for me to get on the floor. Um, you know, but then I was always complaining, kind of to myself and to my parents and the people who around me. But I looked around the league, and there are guys in similar positions to me that even had higher resume, better resumes than me. So you know, I that put things in perspective and it's it's a very situational league like uh if you're in a good situation where you know the organization thinks they can develop you and they they'll give you a lot of time and chances then it's it's the best because right. you you get the competition is it's the second best league in the world uh exactly. talent wise you know it's no question about it i mean uh so then you know m- my second year this past year the first year was good. It's, it's almost like my freshman year of college, like very educational. Like I knew things I had to do to get better. And uh, our coach was on my side. So I came in and I, and, uh, I was just a different guy, um, just more confident. And uh, I I actually went to Malaysia um, and had a great uh, month-long kind of session there in a tournament playing some CBA Chinese teams and some really good competition. Cool. And I was given kind of – given the the keys to drive kind of like and i i killed i averaged like 30 points in that tournament like it was almost i I was able to play so free and it did wonders for my confidence you know i played summer league last year with uh, dallas and orlando didn't get much time um so this year but the (laughs) There's there's a lot of good and there's some bad about the G League. Uh, you know the travel is not too good. <laughs> it's a, uh, right. but it, it just it comes with the territory. So you, you it's almost a part of the charm if you can take it that way. But everything's commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know coming from LSU, uh, all chartered flights. You know, um, food. Everything's catered. Uh, you know, the, almost the hardest thing here was finding pregame meals. Like because you're you're fitting for yourself and you're not necessarily wow. at hotels that give you room service so you get per diem but you know sometimes you just there's just no real healthy options and you just have to say well i guess is about the ball on some fried chicken yeah i mean yeah i guess this is this is red robin you know and and when you're in iowa you know it's uh but you know there's 50 games regular season in kind of a short amount of time and that's uh that was different having back-to-backs now when i hear you know college people complain about being tired i don't you know it's a little bit different because every tuesday and sunday it's yeah not two games a, a week anymore, is, huh? is is nothing you know we we have four games a week and back-to-backs and on the road where you play one night then have to wake up at three the next morning and fly to the next city and play that night and it's and you know go through security go through the airport as a you know any other traveler would and that's that's tough like that's it wears on you but you know in the end of the day you're just playing basketball and uh you know it's it's fine have, have you been able to kind of manage like a good work-life balance especially with you know your wedding coming up and everything or has it just been super overwhelming Oh, I haven't been overwhelming. Right now, it's all good. You know, I, I can do, I can do whatever I want. You know, I uh, if I didn't want to work out at all right now, I would I, I wouldn't have to. And I don't have another job. You know, I don't have to be somewhere necessarily. Uh, you know, and and obviously the summer, if you're lucky, is filled with good opportunities. Um, we'll yet to find out about that. Um, but right now, obviously, focused on the wedding. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's. 
it's kind of weird, you know, like my, my fiance works normal hours and so she's, she's going to work every day and I, I'm just chilling, you know, it's good. Chilling, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really not, I'm working really hard, but you know, you can't work out hard to 10 hours a day, you know, so I have a lot of downtime. Right. Where are you guys right getting on. married? Here in Dallas. Um, nice. She's from La- uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, so it's, she didn't want to have a wedding there or in Williamsburg, where I'm from. So we settled in Dallas, and it's going to be fine. It's at a nice hotel downtown, and nice. should be good. Dude, have a blast. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to well, be it's going to be crazy. Uh, we'll ease oh, yeah. it. We'll ease into some uh, off court stuff, as we'd mentioned. Just come give a, a little bit of a glimpse to the listeners of who you are off the court. Um, the question that I always love to go th- go to automatically is if you're stranded on an island, and I don't know how hypothetically we always laugh about this. There's a DVD player for you to be watching DVDs, but let's just say there is. You got three movies to pick. Which ones are you taking? Man, yeah, I have a bunch of. Um... <laughs> uh, gotta have a, a comedy movie in there to keep my spirits up, you know. Uh... <laughs> Probably either I love you, man, or uh, forgetting nice. Sarah Marshall. Uh, nice. Two greats. Okay. For probably forgetting Sarah Good Marshall, uh, and then um, I'll have um, the Goodfellas. Nice. Have a nice little mob action. Nice. Um, that's two, and then uh, the last one. I'm on an island. I gotta keep my spirits up. I'll uh, I'll go with just movies, no TV. You can do either or. You can take a season. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll put some, some workaholics on there. Uh, nice. Oh, right uh, on. Se- season, one, season one through four, because oh, those God. are the best to me. After that, it kind of get a little too out there. But it's, Yeah, we, we all completely agree with that. Season on one through four. I, so that's, oh. that's your answer. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so I guess... Not on a stranded island, but just in general. Like, what kind of like, what's your go-to music? Like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not standard actually. You know, being a son of a musician, I've been exposed to quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I like the normal rap and stuff everyone likes. You know, I, I love Jeezy, uh, Quavo, and uh, like the norm, uh, Drake. And um, I'm not a big fan of Kanye's new stuff at all. But uh, man, I, I like I like '80s. Uh, I like heavy metal, man. I like uh, '70s and '80s yeah. and, and, and a lot, oh, wow. and even even more some some modern, more modern stuff. Uh, like just stuff that you know, there's a place for that, and uh, I like a lot of that. AC/DC, Metallica, uh, Iron Maiden, um, Disturbed. You know, I know this variation nice. of it all, but you know, I'll throw in some country there sometimes. You know, I, Florida Georgia Line. I'm not mad at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, weirdly enough, I like soundtracks from like movies. I know that's, that's oh, that's awesome. Bring out the true dork guy. in me, but uh, man, I I have on my Spotify I have like a hundred songs soundtrack list of just these epic scores. You know, that just get you in the <laughs> in the mood to just do stuff, and it's so yeah, that's my taste. Right on, man. That's cool. Uh, Keith, what about uh, what's something most people don't know about you, like a, a hobby or talent or passion? Uh, it's tough, man. 
Um, I mean, it's funny. Ball is literally life now. Um, that's that's a perfectly acceptable. Yeah, answer, I mean, hobby wise, I'm just I'm boring, man. I just play <laughs> video games like everyone else. I watch TV and movies. I'm I'm just standard, what do you, what do you play? man. What video games do you play? Uh, so I'm not on Fortnite or PUBG. What, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't gotten on that train, man. I, I like weird games. Games they're still big games, but games not many people would play. Like I like Fallout and. Uh, um, okay. I, I played Good stuff. Um, more mainstream. Oh, I played so, Destiny oh, yeah. 2. I got into that. A little, a little repetitive, but I like Far uh, Far Cry series. I like open world games where you can c- kind of chill and just do your own thing. I love Elder Scrolls games. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Skyrim. I was a big Fallout 3 guy. Fallout 3, yeah. Fallout 4. Uh, I've, and, and Fallout 3. I've spent uh, way too many hours on. A lot on. of hours, huh? Totally. Oh, way too many. My, actually, one of my favorite games of, of the last few years is actually The Witcher 3. Um, it's kind of older now, but it's it's one of the game of the years, I think, 2015, and it's iconic. It's amazing. So there you go. <laughs> oh, so you're, yeah, you're, I mean, I, I have time to do it these days. You know, that's During little, the season, we have tidbit. practices and that not much else. You know, there's a lot of downtime. It's a, it's a good thing that comes with the... the the pro basketball life, you know, you you get time to do that. Are you a P, are you a PC oh, yeah. or a console guy? I'm a console guy. Right. I I know. Good answer. Uh, I know it's a big dividing line there, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm on Xbox. <laughs> We're not purists. It's all right. We're all Xbox guys. <laughs> hey, I yes like sir. That. Yes sir. Yo, well, um, I got a question. I actually, I got two questions before we send you out of here. And and thanks again. But um. Uh, Let's say, is there any place you've been, like maybe, obviously Williamsburg, where you come from, is a beautiful area, a beautiful part of Virginia, which is a gorgeous state, but is there anywhere maybe traveling as a kid, or that you've done traveling with your fiance, perhaps, that's like a, a favorite place you've ever been, or, or a spot that you would, if I, you could go to, you would? I know immediately. I was lucky enough to go on tons of, like, crazy trips when I was a kid, because uh, my mom's a big traveler, um... So I, I went to uh, Ecuador, actually. Uh, the Galapagos Islands is what it's called. Um, yes, sir. And that was one of the coolest. I was in, I was pretty young. I was like, thir- I was four, and I was 13. Um, and uh, it's it's like those, there's so many, you get to go to all these different type of islands and you live on a boat for about a week and a half. Uh, you know, that's good or bad, depending on how you take it. But but the animals there have never been exposed to, you know, human cruelty. <laughs> So the, right. so you have like these seals and and stuff that kind of come up to you like they're not afraid of you as much and it's like all types of animals a lot of birds and you know these big iguanas that it's big ass iguanas <laughs> that are huge uh and so some people would be scared of that I'm not I thought it was cool um yeah and kind of uh, nature's playground there huh yeah yeah it's just it's unique yeah that and, sounds awesome. Uh, Definitely a different world, so I, I appreciate that. Okay. I want to go back there for sure. I got to get there myself. Uh, <laughs> lastly, uh, if you could pick any song, you know, you said you said you like a lot of music. It can be it can be heavy metal, it can be rap, it can be whatever you want. If you could pick any song to play us out today, what would it be? Man, <laughs> it's got to be uh, something on the forefront of my mind, you know. It's a big database I have to search through <laughs> and all the genres of music I like. Uh, play us <laughs> off. Um, this caught me off guard. I got to pick something good. Um, what do you do for Money, Honey by ACDC? You probably don't know it, but 
It's uh, it's from the Back in Black album, and it's it's not bad. It's pretty good. What do you do for money? What do you do for money? There you go. (laughs) Well, Keith, listen, man. Hell yeah. I uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say we really appreciate you coming on board. It was really awesome speaking with you, learning a little bit more about your experiences. Can't thank you enough. Uh, it, It was a real opportunity for us. So thank you. No problem, man. No Yo, problem. Best, best of luck with the wedding and get signed, man. Keep going yeah. at it. We love it. Thanks, man. We'll be we'll, Just keep on grinding. We'll be riding That's how it is. We'll be riding the wave. So. I love it. No problem. Take it easy, y'all. That's right. Peace. Buddy. Thanks, Keith. So we're going to go ahead and just quickly combine the NHL and NBA for time's sake. We got some really electric stuff, but not so electric stuff at the same time. Pretty self-explanatory with the series where they are. Capitals are up right now, four to zero, going into the third. Uh, would love smoking them. Yeah, just smoking them. I mean, yeah. these guys are playing. They're hungry. They want a, They want a cup, and it's looking more and more like they're going to take home the W. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, it it looks like the uh, it looks like the run is up. Um, are we talking? Are we talking NHL still? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it looks like the run's kind of up for Vegas. Uh, it's going to be hard to come back from three-one. Obviously, next game I think it's going to be on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure if they get two or three days off, but I think it's um, Thursday. Yeah, I think I think this will end in six in Washington. Uh, teams generally like to to win uh, on their home ice or to win it all on their home ice. So it's a cool story. Uh, one team's going to win their first Stanley Cup. Uh, so that that's you know that's cool all in itself. And, and well, uh, like I. Yeah. Like I told you today, though, uh, it would be the most Washington Capitals capital thing of all time to go up 3-0 in this series and then lose it. So it's not over until it's absolutely over. That's a, gr- a great It point. is looking like Ovechkin may be getting his cup, which, you know, I welcome. Dude, I, I hope the Caps win just so I don't have to watch that fucking introduction that the Vegas Knights do before Oh, game. my Oh, boo-hoo. Stupid. Tom, yeah. stop you yelling at the cry clouds about in your yard. So Give it dumb. a rest. I hate it. Give it stop a rest. Stop yelling at the clouds, you old man. So yeah. dumb. So dumb. Fucking dinosaur. Go away. Well, Just dose up next time. I already told you that. Right after that amazing dose of basketball talk, uh, talking shop with Keith, we might as well talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. Um, not really much to, to talk what, about here. What it Finals? Seems like, yeah, exactly. It seems like Cleveland is going to be swept, in my opinion. Uh, I'd rather really talk more so about where LeBron's going to end up next season, really. Well, first first of all, before we say that, we do have to acknowledge, even though it is like three-day-old news, we have to acknowledge the J.R. Smith thing. There's only one fucking player in the entire history of the NBA to whom that could happen, and his name is J.R. Smith, and it happened. I mean, literally the biggest do you, bonehead do you not Do you not attribute time. any of that to George Hill or Tyron Lue for not, for, for not calling a timeout, for missing the free throw? You blame it completely on J.R.? Um, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I blame it completely completely on Jr. All right, all right. Yeah, mm. I just dig Jr.'s swag and style. I, I ride I, the Jr. Train yeah, as much I, of an I think I think it's I think it's collectively a, a, a complete fucking disaster by everyone on that team. Gaff, just I mean, gaff. LeBron except was, LeBron. LeBron was much. sitting there the whole time, calling a timeout, and, and nobody was paying attention. As so. as LeBron haters, we do owe him the the fact that I mean to. To take Golden State to overtime in Game One, n- nobody, including us, we were fading them pretty hard, and the spread. Um, I mean, to take them into overtime, really, if if Hill hadn't missed the fucking free throw, we're we're not even talking about this. And it's that, you know, that's they're tied that's one where one, I point they, the finger is the missed free throw. Yeah, 
I mean, they, they also were, for a considerable time, I think it was like 92, 86 or something, like they were in game two for a while as well. And then, of course, you know, now now the cream is really rising to the top. I don't, you know, maybe they win one at home, but, no, man, no going back to I Golden mean, State, there's no way. Like Kevin Love coming off the bench, or not off the bench, off an, the injury he had, and he had that, that he had that terrible foul. It wasn't in game two. It was all just kind of uh, – a downward spiral from there. It was the missed three free throw, the JR stint. Yeah, I mean, if dude, like if LeBron ball. doesn't score a hundred points, they're gonna lose. And even if LeBron does score a hundred points, they're, they're still, still, they're still, still going to lose. Like, where we, do you guys, uh, where do you guys see him ending up next season? Philly. Uh, uh, I want to yeah. see him. I want to see him go to LA with Paul George and just fucking run, so, run train on them. This would be his like going out revenge tour. Just like being out talking, in the West and playing Golden State, and I was talking hmm. to a co- co- coworker of mine. I don't know why I couldn't say that, uh, and he made a good point, which was like LeBron's not going to go to a team where it's going to be a project, like he's been dealing with, you know, in Cleveland. The Lakers so are a project. That what'd you say? The Lakers are a project. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm leaning more towards like a 76ers or or a Rockets because they're developed. They've got the players that he can play with. No one's going to really like truly outshine him, and he doesn't have to start from scratch. Yeah, correct. Well, I, well, I hope. Any other thoughts, Thomas? I just hope that he fucking. I I would like to see LeBron win one more. Um, I just hope that it's not a huge. You know the decision to this off season. I will quit basketball forever if I have to deal with that LeBron hype about where he's signing again. Yeah, agreed. He does yeah, like he does I like agree. the uh, the limelight. We obviously have not been impressed at all with the NBA uh, playoffs. The Stanley Cup is always electric, but have you guys been blown away by the series, or have you guys kind of been disappointed? The NHL. Yeah. I think it's been I think it's been great TV. It's it's a far better product than the NBA, and I, and that I'm I'm biased, I guess, but I'm sticking to that. I mean, it's this it's the same NBA Finals for the fourth time, so yeah. of course it's a better product. I mean, the yeah. tickets tickets at both uh, are at all three games, I guess. Now the fourth game actually has happened. Um, the the tickets to the Stanley Cup Final have been more expensive than tickets to the NBA Finals. If I mean that's that's I the marketplace. That. I, I just that. I just tried to look at tickets for Thursday's game. It was like minimum twelve hundred dollars for sitting yeah. behind a post. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's the perfect way to just end that segment and uh, just quickly dive into some quick banner. I know we've kind of really beat this like a dead horse. We'll quickly just touch upon the Drake and Pusha T beef. My personal opinion. Pusha T has completely decimated Drake on a multitude of levels. There's news that he's coming, that Drake's coming back with a diss track with featuring Lil Wayne, seeing as the beef goes all the way back to him and even clips. So I'll be interested to see that that comes out. But like as far as story of Adane versus Duffy, like Pusha T laid down the track and just slaughtered him. So just butchering that name. Story of Adidon. Donnie versus Duffy. Um, I I completely disagree with you. Pusha T, don't get me wrong, I love Pusha T, but he's like doing the same shit. He's just as old as Lil Wayne, just as old as fifty. Like he's out here trying to make his music stay relevant, trying to be relevant, and to do that you go at the biggest name in the game and you cause controversy because people are clicking it to see Drake's name. And it's just like the, co- the coincidental timing of this between the two album releases with Pusha T's 
just being dropped last Friday, and Drake's is sometime in June. Like, it's just too coincidental that it's like, this isn't real. They're just doing it for publicity. Publicity. Yeah, I, I'm, me. I'm not arguing that. My argument is that the story of Addy Don absolutely massacred anything that Drake has put out disalbum-wise towards Pusha T. I'm not debating whether or not this is a complete stint to sell more albums. I'm just saying Pusha T fucking slaughtered Drake. I still haven't listened to these songs, and uh, and I really am starting to question if I ever will. But um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I just get, know fuck Drake. I'm gonna go with Drake on this. Uh, Drake's best move would be to not release anything and just completely ignore he's, Pusha he's T. Going to though because you can't. That would like, be that would be the ultimate like winner move. Be True, like you're not you're not relevant. You Why would I like, pay attention? You can't claim yourself the king and then have that information about you having a secret child with a stripper hidden in Canada and struggling with racial identity, yeah. like. And not say anything. That would yeah. be like a bitch move. Yeah, I, I guess. Dude, but no, I, I mean, know. he's I think worth, this really is worth this like seven hundred mil. Yeah, this is a this is like a yeah, fake. This is a true. this is a fake feud that came out of nowhere because Pusha T just needs to be relevant. That's all it is. I mean, Fuck it goes up. all the way back to Clips and Little Wayne. I mean, it's it's long. It's been a long time coming. It's not just specifically Drake, but yeah. Let's let's fucking let's put the kibosh on that one and just roll right into buzzer beaters. Uh Good little segment. Ease things up. Some would you rather's. Would you rather fly or turn invisible? Brent, I'll let you start us off. <laughs> um, I guess. Man, I just want to fly. Obviously, I'm a peacock. Yeah. You gotta let me fly. Peacocks um, can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sort of had the ability of flight in two different would you rather's now, and I I think I'm gonna choose flight every fucking time. All right, Harry. Yep, I'm flying. Tommy Lasagna. Let's go. Yeah, I think I'm gonna choose flying too, just because I feel like if I was invisible, I would like forget and like hurt, like hurt myself, like not rem- like remembering <laughs> that nobody can see me. Just bad news bears for Tommy Lasagna. I'm going with invisible, and I'm robbing <laughs> banks. You guys can come visit me in Costa Rica or Belize well, with John. Yeah, Mac only one of us. Only one of us needs to be invisible, and the rest of us can fly, and yeah. that's pretty perfect. You can so fly thanks. me as we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick you up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can still nice. be friends, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is one actually I mulled over for a while. It's pretty dark, but it's actually kind of like fitting as uh, as I saw a drift this weekend, which was that like horrible fucking true story about a couple that got stranded at sea, buried alive or stranded at sea. Both scenarios, you die. One of my friends was like, "Oh yeah, like some you know rescue boat comes." No, no, no. Like you're out at sea. You're you, you're out there till you die. Like what are you picking? Uh. Uh, I'd probably get buried alive just because it would be shorter. Like it would be. That's what I it said. It would be horrible. That's what I said. Quick and easy. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but I'm not trying to die. But if I had to pick one, stranded at sea, you're gonna be out there for like two or three weeks, just melting. <laughs> um, you know what? For for the most like hippie, I go hiking answer in the entire world. Um, I'm gonna choose getting fucking stranded at sea because I know that eventually, if I knew that I'm stranded and it's just like, well, I'm dying out here, I'm just gonna float on my back and look at the sky. Like, Goddamn, this is where it ends. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, yeah, this is it. Strand me at sea too, dude. The, even the thought of being buried alive gives me anxiety. I'm so claustrophobic. Yeah, dude, that yeah, that sounds dude, like literally the most like, miserable like think about ten the minutes whole- of my life. Think about the hallucinations that start to occur, the dehydration. Oh, dude, br- bring them on. Like, bring on Bring on everything. I would drown myself, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess if you're taking the quick way out, yeah. All right, enough, enough of this. Let me, uh, 
Let me bright, Go ahead. I'm going to brighten the mood here uh, with two quick announcements. One, uh, it's fungi shirt season. And so, you know, I'm going to at least start throwing up some posts week to week. Every Friday, I'm going to have a different fungi shirt on. I encourage you guys, our listeners, to do the same. Throw up a little story. Show us your fungi shirt. You know, we'll retweet. We'll repost some of our favorites. Um, and secondly, I just wanted to give a quick MLB update. Um, you know, middle of the season, kind of just dragging along here. But I want to keep you guys updated with who's hot. Uh, my top five right now are the Brewers, who lead the NL Central. Uh, coming in at four, Shakes, Atlanta Braves, still holding on in the East there. Just took three or four from the Nationals, which is impressive. I think we've won every series with the Nationals this year. Which is, I mean, huge. If you're trying to win the East, that's what you got to do there. Yes, sir. Uh, three, Houston Astros, still defending champs, best pitching staff in baseball. Uh, some little troll was on our Twitter, like, chirping at me about it. Like, bro, look at the numbers, please. Uh, number two, the New York Yankees. And uh, number one. What, what? Number one the Boston Red Sox, who currently hold uh, the best record in baseball. And we have the two best players in Mookie, who's hurt right now, and we still took you know two or four from Houston. Uh, and if you guys remember that other free agent that's not Giancarlo, what's his name? Who, what was his name? No. I'm not. I'm, if you think I'm going to answer that question, you're wrong. Oh, Oh, it's J.D. Martinez. That's who I'm thinking about. Well, he's leading the league in home runs and RBIs right now. So fuck you, John Carlo. <laughs> fuck you, Tom. Tom. You're, Tom, you're a terrible person, by the way. Why yeah, is what that? The fuck, I'm just giving you facts here, bud. Just trying to facts. Just trying to give well, you facts. Now that Tom's done getting off, and it's all about getting off. I'm, I, I hear that. Dead. Now that I'm off, go ahead. Harrison, you got any news for us, kid? Um, <laughs> about my Yankees or no? I got some. Yankees, I got some. World I got Cup, some news. I got. I got. I, I got two quick things. Uh, first of all, Luis Severino for Cy Young. That dude is a fucking savage. Uh, he's nine and one now. He won today again. Uh, and also, World Cup starts in nine days. I have a major bone to pick with the German national team. I am now going to be Crazy. avidly rooting rooting against them for the entire tournament. Um, I am German. There's some part of me that of my heritage that's German. Uh, so I'm going to have to go against my own roots on this one because they left off probably one of the best left midfielders in the world and youngest, Leroy Sané, who also starts for Man City. He, they left him off of the World Cup roster. What was the, the guy only had that? 14 goals and 19 assists in the Premier League this year, and they took him over like some good players but guys who aren't nearly as good. So major bone to pick with them. Fuck Germany. Let's go Brazil. Let's go Belgium. Was it, was it all political? or why they? Yeah, of course. I, I don't know. It's political probably. Yeah, it's it's FIFA. Ugh. Fucking scumbags. Anyways, Brent, that's all. That's all I got. Kid? Um, before I take us home, what do anything? I got? Uh, pretty much what I got is pretty amazing. Um, memorial tournament this past weekend. Um, at Jack's course in Ohio. Um, pretty much between now and the U.S. Open, golf is all I'm thinking about. So we got the U.S. Open coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after at uh, Shinnecock Hills on Long Island. Let's go. Um, Ti- Tiger has you know been in the hunt at a few tournaments now. Um, doesn't really seem to have his best game at times on Sunday. But, you know, I mean, 
you never know when he's going to click, and maybe the pressure of a of a U.S. Open makes other guys not click so much. So he'll be in the hunt. He'll be one of the favorites. Uh, other guys are playing good golf. You know, you got the young guys, DeChambeau, Justin Thomas. Spieth has not been playing very well. He hasn't been putting well, but it's shaping up. Rory played pretty well this past weekend. So I'm all about the U.S. Open. The last time the tournament was there in 2004 was really like the – like one of the first golf tournaments I really remember like being super like stoked about just so many guys coming down the stretch and Retief Goosen ended up winning it but this course it gets extremely tough the greens are insanely fast if the wind picks up so we got a I'm ready for that we got a bit of a teaser uh of Shinnecock over Memorial Day weekend out on Long Island and it was looking pristine yeah, uh, the setup looks really nice so um I nice mean, it's, it's a beautiful course you- up there so I'm ready well, appreciate that input. Uh, as for all of you guys, appreciate you coming on tonight, dedicating your time. We want to thank all of our listeners and followers for continuing to listen to us blabber on. It's been about 14 weeks we've been doing this now, so we appreciate the love. Make sure to give us any and all feedback on social media. Slide in the DMs. Any thoughts? You know, you got to make if you're hot. Yeah, if, if you're a hot chick, definitely yeah. slide in the DMs. <laughs> you got to make sure to get in on Tom's fun guy shirt contest coming up. And once again, we want to give a very, very special thank you to Keith Hornsby for coming on tonight uh, as our guest of honor, gracing us with his presence. Best of luck to you and your wedding coming up. Don't be a stranger. And per his request, we will be playing tonight's episode out with "What Do You Do for Money, Honey." Homies, we out. Later, boys. Slow. So stop your life.